Father, we, we thank you tonight for the power that we have in you from life's first breath to that final one. God, you command our destiny. So we point to the one tonight who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And the one that's able to keep us from falling and present us faultless. We say, God, have your way. Speak to our hearts tonight. Change our minds tonight. May transformation take place in our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give it up one more time for the college gathering group. It's a great job, great job tonight, great, great job. The book of Deuteronomy is where you can find me tonight. Book of Deuteronomy. Book of Deuteronomy chapter 5, and we have arrived to verse 19. Book of Deuteronomy chapter 5. Verse 19, and it says, you shall not steal. You shall not steal. Those of you that have been coming around and hanging out for a little while, you know that we're in a commandment, a Ten Commandments series. Where we've been talking about the maker's instructions, and we've uh, established this foundation and this premise that it's not about a bunch of rules for us to follow, but uh, God has given us these commandments that it may go well for us. Uh, and if you were hanging out last week, you know, uh, last week we dealt with the commandment number seven, no adultery, which I hope that went well this week. No adultery this week? Y'all did good? Good, 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 good. All right. We got to, never mind. All right. So good. Hope that went well. Um, and so after last week, you know, just by default of me standing here, the guy up front with the microphone and the book, it, it, it has assumptions that come along with this posture. And the assumption is, Obviously, this guy's got it all worked out because he's teaching us. But this ain't Fuller and I ain't a professor. And me sitting here does not dictate or indicate in any kind of way that I've got all this worked out. Uh, last week, it's something about when you sit with the word of God, uh, regardless of if you're a priest, if you're a lay person, if you're a worship leader, the Holy Spirit has a way of convicting you. And I pray that that never leaves. Last week, I was sitting here and it's like you're studying and you're thinking, oh, my God, I'm an adulterer. This is, this is crazy because you see the word and it comes alive and it convicts as we talked about last week, uh, how you see people, how you, uh, think about people, how you perceive people. It's not about just, uh, cheating on your wife, if you will. It's, it's more than just that. So coming off a week like last week, uh, just being convicted and just asking God to check my heart, check my mind, check my motives, check my thoughts. I peek ahead to next week and I say, Oh, wow. No, still it. We cool. You know what I mean? I ain't robbed nobody, you know. And if I have, it was a long time ago, you know. And it's not on my police record no more. You know what I mean? So that's cool. That don't even count. You know what I mean? But so it's like you look at this week and you're like, all right, cool. We're we going to have a good week this week. I'm in the game. And uh, I, I meet with Dr. Waybright and we'll sit down on Tuesdays. Uh, that's the pastor of our church. And uh, he, he preaches in the main worship center. And we preach the same passage. So what they talked about this morning, we talk about here, of course, a lot of times my version is kind of unorthodox and a little unedited. Uh, so it's, it's totally cool. For somebody that sits in that service and sits in this service, especially on adultery week, uh, it's a big, big caveat, big difference. But um, 
We sit down, we talk about it, and Dr. Waybright always brings these wonderful insights. And we're sitting there, and he drops this quote on me, and I want to I, I wanna share it tonight. So as I'm sitting there thinking, wow, i got to pass this week. There's no stealing at all. I hadn't robbed anybody. If it has, it's off my record. So this week, I'm going to stand up there as like that professor and just be like guiltless. And then I hear this. No matter what the mula teaches, there's only one sin, only one, and that is theft. When you kill a man, you steal a life. You steal his wife's right to a husband. Rob his children of a father. When you tell a lie, you steal someone's right to the truth. When you cheat, you steal the right to fairness. Khalid Hassini, the kite runner. And then I looked at this passage, Malachi chapter 3. Verse 8, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. It says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Begin to realize as I begin to study and begin to sit with this passage and think about that quote and think about uh, Malachi and the instructions that he's giving to the Jewish people during that time. We're going to realize, wow. God is just sitting about a robbery. You're not just talking about uh, 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 pulling out a gun and saying, stick them up. It's bigger than that. In Malachi, when he, he, he's speaking to the children of Israel who have gotten out of line and, and become very wayward, and, and God is, 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 is challenging them and calling them back to righteous living and basically saying, you, you've robbed me, you've strayed away from me. He, he, he says, literally, you've robbed God. Say, how God, how have we robbed you? And, and, and it says, you've robbed me in your tithe and in your offering. One of the first things that we have to understand, we have to go back to the very beginning and recognize who's boss and who's, who all of this stuff belongs to. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and this earth belongs to him. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. We all belong to God, and it all belongs to God. There in the beginning in Genesis, we see him creating the world, it all being his, but him taking humanity, taking Adam and taking Eve and say, here, you can have dominion over this. You are, you are, you can, you can be a steward over this. I will put you in charge of this, but at the end of the day, this doesn't belong to you. It belongs to me, and I'm just giving you authority to be a good steward over it. I'm putting you in a place of position to take care of it, but it ain't yours. It does not belong to you. So as we fast forward the clock, we have to realize that what we have and who we are, it is not ours, but it all belongs to God. And here, the children of Israel in the book of Malachi, he's simply given them uh, their resources, given them this ability to create wealth for themselves, to create finances. And he says, all I want you to do is give back to me what I have given you. Give back to me what is mine. I blessed you to be a steward over it, but it is mine. So I challenge you, all I ask is that you give back to me a tenth of what I have given you. But they failed to do that. And therefore, he says, you are a thief. You have stolen from God. Helps me to realize that everything in my life is God's. And everything that I have and all that I am, it belongs to God. And when I deny him and when I, when I don't give back to him that that is his, I rob 
God. Whoa. Week number eight is getting harder and harder. Because as I begin to look at my life, I can see how me denying, me being selfish, and me not giving causes me to be a thief and to rob from God. Because he simply says, I've given you life. And I've given you means and ways to create a, a life for yourself. And, I, and I've, I've blessed you with wealth and resources. And all I ask is that you give that back to me. And when we, would, when we deny giving back to God, we rob God. Will a man rob God? Yes, he will. As I look at this quote, I think about how it really all boils down to theft. Even when you lie to someone, you rob them of their ability to be able to trust you. So tonight, we deal with this idea of what it means to be a thief. First thing I want to talk about is the posture of a thief. The posture of a thief. Even as we see in this passage, God is challenging them because basically at the core, at the very best, they're self-centered and selfish. And their posture is, give me, give me, give me. It's all about them. It's all about them getting what's theirs and not considering God's way above their own. At the core and at the root of the posture of a thief, it's selfishness. Has anybody ever been, anybody ever been robbed before? Anybody ever been robbed before? Wow. Dang, what neighborhood y'all live in? I don't want to move there. No, no. But 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 I I I've I've been robbed before. Somebody stole my car uh, my car radio. Uh, and 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 there's a posture that comes with a thief. A thief uh, a lot of times uh, looks a certain way. We we have this image of what a thief looks like in our mind. They have the little mask on, and you know they pull out the gun and they they point it up. You know what I mean? Has this happened to you before? I used to, well, don't have a flashback and start screaming or nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> ah, ah, ah. I don't, we don't need that tonight. Okay, so you, you ain't gonna freak out? Okay, alright, cool. Alright, so they come and, they, and, they, and they, 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 they stick you up and then they put their hand out. And the posture of a thief is always give me. Give me. I want to take something from you that I don't deserve or that I hadn't earned, but I want to take what you have and use it for my own good. I want to take something from you and use it as my own. I want to take something from you. I want to, I want to take what's yours But for the sake of my own pleasure, for the sake of my own benefit, I want to take it and use it for me. That's the posture of a thief. And a lot of times that posture consumes our very life. Now, you may not go and hold up someone at gunpoint. But is your posture in life self-centered? Is the goal of life for you to get as much stuff for you? And all your time is depicted upon what you need and what you desire? Is that your posture? Is the posture always about what's best for me and what's going to work for me and what's most convenient for me and what's easiest for me and how am I going to get the most money out of this and how do I connect with you uh, just so I can get something out of you? Are your relationships built on a posture that's that of a thief? I'm, I'm, I'm posturing myself in this relationship to get as much from you as I possibly can. I'm posturing myself to because you have a great job and you got a cool car. I want to hang out with you because I want to sit in the front seat of those leather interior. I want to be with you. Uh, I'm, I'm posturing myself to be in a relationship where I get and don't have to give. Posturing myself and I'm looking through the lens of what do I get out of this? That's the posture. That's the idea. It's kind of like it's kind of like the difference between I know nobody in here goes like to clubs or anything like that, but it's kind of like uh, what's, what's so funny? 
awkward. Uh, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the difference between a guy and a girl going to the club. And it's like, guys, sometimes, you know, back in my former life when I used to do this kind of stuff, uh, guys, when you go, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to hang out, I'm going to the party and I'm going to see how many numbers I can get. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to see, and we have a little contest. We'd be in the car. You know what I mean? Yo, dog, I'm going to get three. I'm going to get five. I right, bet, bet, $20, $20 a number. You know what I mean? This is stupid stuff. So then we go to the club, and we look in, you know, and trying to see, what can I get? Who can, you know what I mean? Where, and it's like a prey. It's like a long gray. Guys, don't look at me funny. Y'all know y'all do this. Some of y'all do it at church, but I, wouldn't, I didn't want to go there. But y'all start, y'all start tripping, start looking at me. I will call you out. Let's bring the lights up up in here. You know what I mean? Some of y'all up in here like this. I don't know what he's talking about. You know what I'm saying? But I'm trying to see what's happening. Owl number six. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but it's like you go in and it's like, man, what can I get? You know what I mean? It's like, who I want to try to get this girl. You know what I mean? And girls, a lot of times, I have no idea, but for the sake of my illustration, girls, a lot of times are kind of different. Sometimes it's like, I'm just going to have a good time, you know, whatever. But, you know, it's like, I just want to go, you know, but it's it's like... The, the posture is different. Uh, it, it's kind of like whenever, whenever there's a girl that's actually interested in you and she's interested in actually giving you her number, her posture is, is, is different. It's a, it's a welcoming posture. Like, like girls, how, what do y'all do when you actually like a guy? What, what do y'all, what's, what kind of stuff do y'all do? Did you say, what'd you say? Eye contact? Okay, that's good. So it's like you open and you catch his eye and you just kind of look. You know what I mean? So that's a sign for us to take the next step. Is that right, ladies? Everybody all of a sudden is doing this. <laughs> like, I don't want no one say. But what are some other signs? Eye contact? What are some other ways that you let guys know that I'm, I'm interested in you pursuing? Laugh? Even if it ain't even funny, huh? It's like, oh my God, you're so funny. If you weren't that cute, I wouldn't be laughing, but you're cute, so I'm going to keep on laughing. All right, what else? What are some other stuff? Don't be shy now. Come on, guys are right. Guys are taking notes, I'm telling you. They're like, all right, Malachi, let me write some notes. Okay. Somebody else. Smile. That's, that's a huge. Eye contact. You laughing. You smiling. All right. Something else. Ryan, what did she do? How did you know you could take the next step? You didn't, you didn't, you didn't give your number? Oh, you about to get in trouble. I'm going to back up. She, she hit him on his own. Like, what? Listen. So I'm, I'm going to wait until after y'all get married. When is the wedding? So, to, be continu- to be continued. I'll pick up this illustration after the wedding. So that way y'all can work it out on the way home. All right. So it's, it's like, it's like when, you, when you're interested in, in the next step, it's like there's an openness. And that's the posture that opposes this idea of a thief. The, the thief is always about what I can get and what I can grab and what I can take. But, but there's, there's, there's a sense of, of, of Christ-centeredness to where at the end of the day, it's not about what I can get. But it's about giving me an opportunity to be able to give. Y'all not getting it. I, I got a little clip to help you out to help make, make sense. This is a picture of a, a thief. This is the posture of, of, of one who is not committed to this idea of the commandment number seven. This is the posture of one who's a thief. Check it out. Songs, all about you. This amazing collection is great to share with friends. 
And we can also take this, this me theology and this self-centeredness and this idea of, 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 of theft and, and how it shapes us and, and come to church the same way. We can bring that same uh, expectation to church. I'm coming to church about me so I can see. So can we rob God? Can we rob the church? Do we come to church with this same me theology? Check out this church. At the end of the day, this is what this commandment number seven is talking about. It's a way of life and a lifestyle and an approach to life that's all about you. It serves you only. How you approach your relationships. How you even look at your job. It's all about you. This is the posture of a thief. Secondly, I want to talk about... The practice of a thief. What does this look like? How does this manifest in our lives? Uh, this self-centeredness. How does it show up in our actual uh, dealings? It shows up in some real easy to pick out ways, but then some ways that we probably haven't really thought about. As Dr. We- uh, Greg Waybright uh, made, some, made some comments, I pulled some of his notes, uh, and this is some of the stuff that, that we listed out. Uh, the first... Uh, uh, all right. Some of these are obvious, blue-collar type things, uh, like robbing a home or a bank, you know, kind of like what happened to me in the sixth grade, but I'm really kind of comfortable talking about it. I'm just kidding. Uh, becoming a pickpocket. In Exodus 22.1, if a man steals an ox or sheep and slaughters or sells it, he must pay back five head of cattle for the ox and four sheep for the sheep. 
That's kind of messed up. The sheep kind of comes up short. But anyway, clearly the Bible includes this in the eighth command, taking that which rightly belongs to someone else. Or in Exodus 22, 5, we find stealing as a result of convenient forgetfulness. Look at verse 5. If a man grazes, grazes his livestock in a field or vineyard and lets them stray and they graze in another man's field, he must make restitution from the best of his field or vineyard. Not many of us here might be tempted to steal our neighbor's grass uh, by means of that, well, all depends on what kind of grass. We'll we talk about that in another sermon. Uh, that kind of convenient carelessness, but I, some of y'all get that on the way home. But I would suspect that any number of us have books, tapes, or tools that we have borrowed from friends months long ago and we have constantly forgot to return them. Though, of course, we are always meaning to, this is the eighth command. This is this idea of no stealing. In Levi 19.13, there's an interesting verse about stealing through delay of payment. Do not defraud your neighbor or rob him. Do not hold back the wages of a hired man overnight. This is talking about when, you, when, when someone works for you, it was considered theft not to pay them the same day. If someone does a job for you, it was considered theft for you to delay their payment or to make them wait until it was convenient for you to be able to pay them. It's considered stealing. This, too, was the eighth command. Uh, let's talk about fraud. In uh, Deuteronomy 19.14, that prohibits the moving of a neighbor's boundary stone and thus defrauding him out of his property. This would be like changing the price tags in a store or fudging on your age to get a better discount uh, at the theater or at a hotel. Come on now. You know, you got a, uh, your, your little nephew who's 12. I mean, who's 13 and 12 get that reduced price. And he had a birthday last week. Do you look at him and say, kids ticket? He says, no, 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 I'm 13. Today you 12, boy. <laughs> think about it. Uh, I don't think any of us can go home feeling self-righteous about this command. Whenever we... Deprive people of what is rightfully theirs. Uh, we break it. Uh, cheating on homework and not paying our employees enough. Padding an expense account. Taking parents' money off the dresser. Using the company stamp machine for personal use. Oh, you're killing me. Being constantly late and robbing friends of time. We all fall under the orbit of this command. Down, down, downloading music illegally. Hello, a hush fell over the room. As I begin to think about this, I begin to think of all the ways that this, this posture of self-centeredness shows up in the practices of our very lives. Looking at the tax form and just fudging a couple of numbers, those of us who are fuller students trying to work that financial aid so we can get the right amount back. Not being totally honest and open about our daily dealings. Being late. Robbing someone of time. When I was robbed, uh, somebody stole uh, this, this car radio out of my car. It was the, it was the Cavalier. Somebody stole Peter's radio. Sorry. Uh, but uh, it, it somebody, somebody came in and it, it not only robbed me of a radio, which I missed desperately, but it, it robbed me of, of, of peace. Because it's like, it, it, it robbed me of privacy because it's like somebody else was in my car. It, it created this paranoia. It robbed me of my trust. This robbery, this robbery went, went, went extremely deep and it had a huge impact on my life. 
Because it, it, it created this paranoia now. Who can I trust? I'm locking my doors, a double, double looking and, and getting in. So, so it, this, this robbery deal goes deep and it shows up in many different ways. Posture of a thief. The practice of a thief. Finally, the purpose of a thief. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Begin reading at verse 17. This is Paul encouraging uh, the believers here in Ephesus to become new and to put away their old way of life. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past filling, uh, have given themselves over to the lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Here it is. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each of, let each of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give who is in need. Here Paul makes clear the purpose of a thief. He says, those of you who are thieves, those of you who are stealing, he says, your purpose and your goal is to stop stealing. Let those of you who have stolen steal no more. But I love what he says. He turns and he said, but take those hands that you've used to steal and take those hands and use them to do good for others. He, he, he not only takes away the activity, but he says, don't leave those hands idle because they may lean back to, towards those same uh, temptations, those same things that they shouldn't do. But he says, take those hands, take the stealing out of the hands, but use those hands to do great things for other people. Use those hands and move from a self-centered posture to a posture that points and focuses towards God and, give God, and gives God's glory. Use those hands to change your operation, your method, your way of life. Move off of this self-centered perspective, this perspective that's all about you, and use those hands to begin to do great things for other people. God says, you don't have to continue in this, in, in this lifestyle of stealing, but change the way that you live by changing the things that you do. This shows up in practical ways, just like the big, the big, uh, the big, the big thing, the big Sunday that happened on Saturday, where basically you take your hands and as opposed to, as opposed to serving yourself, you go and serve other people. It's huge. Taking time out and doing for other people and not always doing for yourself. 
changing the posture, changing, uh, changing, going against culture and not spending your life always focusing on getting your needs met, but taking time and actually investing in other people and making sure that their needs are met before your own. Changing the way that you live. Friends, we have a responsibility to respond to this message tonight. Because in some shape, form, or fashion, I can just about guess that a lot of people in this room have found themselves to be in the theft category. Whether it's robbing God of his glory by arrogantly thinking that you do what you do because of who you are and your own greatness. Whether literally robbing, fudging on numbers, or robbing people of time, or, 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 or getting in relationships where it's really all about you and you're using them just to fulfill your own selfish desires. Regardless of where you fit on this category, tonight you have an opportunity to change your method and to respond to this idea. Some of us, how do we respond? Some of us can pay back that that we owe. Some of us sitting in here now, we owe people money. You could call and say, look, we, can, can we please, I know it's been a long time, it's, it's been 20 years. If it's been 20 years, you should really just, you can step out and call them right now. You, I, I won't even get offended. But maybe, maybe you've been late on, point, on, on payments. I've been thinking about this. Sometimes with the reality of school and with the reality of, of, of bills, sometimes it's like, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to pay that bill right now. I'm going to pay it later. The Bible says that's, that's stealing. Because whoever I owe, that man's got a payroll and he's got a company. He's got stuff he's got to do. Some of you, it could be just taking pens from the office. Be like, they got plenty of pens around here. They don't even use these pens. You know what I'm saying? Danny, this pen been sitting here the last two years. I'm taking this pen. They don't pay me enough money, no way. This is my extra compensation. <laughs> Bible says that's theft. Bible says that's theft. We have a responsibility to respond to this message. And how we respond, I mean, it's a whole gamut of different ways. We can really do it in a lot of different ways. Some of us, we need to pay people back. Some of us is taking what we've stolen and restoring those relationships and actually going back. Some of us, uh, it's hard to pull some of this stuff off. If you stole someone's wife, it's kind of hard to give her back at this point. You know what I mean? That's a little complicated. But what Paul frees us up to do, and he says, steal no more and begin to give back. Give back to the community that you've robbed from. Or find a community and find a group or find an opportunity to begin to give back. And basically what he's saying is do good with what you have and with who you are. The story uh, that happens in South Africa after apartheid, Mandela turned over uh, this Truth and Reconciliation Commission over to Bishop Tutu. There were all of the terrible things that had been done to the Africanas and to all of those there living in South Africa, mainly by white people, uh, that there's no way that they could begin to do legitimate justice for the injustices that had been done. So they created what they call Truth and Reconciliation Commission, where those who had done terrible things got an opportunity to come and to openly confess these things in court uh, but they would have no legal recompense. They, they wouldn't be charged with any crimes, but they would confess what they did. So here this, this day, this police officer comes and he confesses and there's this woman sitting in the audience and this police officer had gone to this woman's house and killed her 18-year-old son and then literally burned him alive and forced his mother to watch. Some eight years later, this police officer and some other policemen go back to the same home, take this woman's husband, shoots him, and burns him right in the same spot where they burned his, her son. 
and forced her to watch. Sitting in the room, this man making this confession, the judge looks to the woman and says, what would you have this man do? She says, dear sir, would you please come to my home and the place where you burn my husband and my son, gather their ashes, gather the dust that's still there, that I may be able to provide them with a proper burial. I said, okay. And then she says, may I ask one more thing? I said, yes. She says, sir, you have taken my family, but I still have a lot of love to give. Would you come to my home twice a month? Sit and let me feed you and let me love you because I have no one else to give this love to. The crowd was moved with compassion. She gets up. She says, I want to hug you. Because I want you to know that I forgive you. And I want you to feel that my forgiveness is real. As she begins to walk up to the witness stand, someone in the crowd spontaneously begin to sing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Well, the police officer never did hear that song. Because overwhelmed, he fainted. Blown away. Some of us tonight... We need to take the opportunity to give back to the places that we've stolen. But this message has a dual edge, has a double cut. Because those of us in the room that have been robbed, we also have a responsibility to give grace and to give forgiveness. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Tonight, God... I am the first to admit that I am a thief. God, I pray and I thank you, first of all, for your word that opens up our eyes. Whether it's delaying on paying someone back with every intention to do so. Whether it's not being a good steward of time and robbing someone of time and making them wait. God, tonight I see myself in this passage and it's my prayer and my hope. That my brothers and sisters who sit under the sound of my voice would also see themselves in this passage. Not through a lens of judgment, not through a lens of condemnation, not through a lens of guilt or shame, but through the lens of hope. Knowing that God, through all things, you have provided a hope that's beyond hope. And that hope is in your son, Jesus Christ. So tonight we see ourselves that you may change us. We see ourselves not to condemn ourselves, but that through you we may be transformed. Tonight, the idea of paying back that that we've stolen could be extremely difficult. Just like the officer standing there on that witness stand, how hard would it be for him to go and sit under the love of this woman? God, help us. Holy Spirit, we we depend on you to speak to our hearts and help us. To see how you might have us pay back that that we've stolen. Not only that, but God help us to have the forgiveness and the grace of that dear woman. Help us, God, for those that have stolen from us. Those that have robbed us of joy, of peace, of money. Those that have robbed us of time. Those that have robbed us of hope. That tonight... We could extend that amazing grace.
that forgiveness. Help us, God, to live a life that's not self-centered, but one that's focused wholeheartedly on you. And in our actions, help us point to you and that you may get glory out of everything that we do in our life. And that we will consider you and others before we consider ourselves. That we will honor you with this eighth command, thou shall not steal. Help us to live the life that gives and not steals. In Jesus' name, amen.